Hey, Isaac here. It's Tuesday, July 27th. Welcome to the Living the Dream Show with Kevin White. This is the podcast where we live the dream of people of every nation, tribe and tongue, worship Jesus together on earth today as it already is in heaven. On Friday, August 6th, Kevin will be sharing part two of a powerful message from God's Word entitled God Guides, God Provides. I hope you'll join us for this international live broadcast from the USA via Zoom, YouTube or Facebook at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, August 6th. Details at kevinwhite.us. Kevinwhite.us. We'll see you there. Okay, now here's Kevin with today's show. Hey everyone, I join Isaac and welcome you to the Living the Dream show. I'm Pastor Kevin and I'm excited to welcome all of our friends from the UK and the USA, everywhere in between Australia and Canada, Mexico and India and Thailand and all around. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually waving at you right now. I want to give you a high five, everyone that is subscribing, that is reviewing and sharing this show. We champion Revelation 7, 9 through 12 with every nation, tribe, tongue, language represented in heaven, worshiping Jesus. And we are praying, let it be on earth today as it is in heaven. Well, last week, we actually began taking you into a video by Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church in San Diego, California. He is sharing this message of finishing the task of the Great Commission with a global audience, a cohort, a, a collaboration of ministries around the world that are committing themselves together in to finish the task. And I want to take you into part two. If you didn't catch last week's video, you're going to want to get into the episode and make sure you go back and listen to last week. Continue with this video with part two of Pastor Rick. Take it away. Now, we're all being given pieces of this. You know, uh, as a pastor, I have people come up to me almost every day who want to ask me for, for, for their time. They want me to give my time, excuse me, to, to serve under their banner. And honestly, I just don't have that, that time. What is needed today is what we call, what I call the Nehemiah strategy. Do you remember the Nehemiah strategy? The Bible says they were building a wall around Jerusalem. And it said that about halfway through the project, they all got discouraged. And that's typical. When, when you're halfway up the mountain, you get tired. When the room and the house is half painted, you start getting tired. You know you're going to have to clean up too. And it says that they became discouraged. And in Nehemiah 4, there are actually four reasons they got discouraged in their ministry. Nehemiah didn't say, okay, we're all discouraged. We're just going to give up. Um, no, he said, we're going to reorganize and restructure. Half of you will stand guard to protect uh, the other half of the workers who are building. And then we'll switch. And the Bible says that with that new vision that they went back to work and it said they completed the vision in 52 days. Now, what is the Nehemiah principle? If, if they got discouraged halfway through and they finished in 52 days, it means this. The vision has to be restated and reemphasized every 26 days or basically once a month. We are good forgetters. And what we need to do 
is at, in finishing the task together, we're gonna have to have continual motivation for the next 12 years. Between now and AD 2033, we're gonna ha have a series of training events, Lausanne-style conferences online, so that rather than have 3,000, we can have 3 million people get the training, get the vision, get the Nehemiah uh, strategy continuing to go and go and go, so that over a period of time, we don't lose heart. Number four, fourth thing we're gonna need to do, we're gonna have to increase the number of allies. Right now, uh, the Great Commission uh, Coalition of FTT, uh, it, it reminds me kind of of a football game. In a professional football game, you've got 22, 22 people on the field desperately in need of rest. They're overworked. 22,000 in the stands desperately in need of exercise. You've got a few people doing all the work. And what we're going to do in the next 12 years is engage the spheres. What's that? Businessmen, athletes, musicians, uh, 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 educators, politicians, all kinds of different spheres in group, engage them all. We need to finish the Great Commission Coalition, to finish the task. We need younger leaders, we need more diverse leaders, we need more women leaders, we need more international leaders. And I'm telling you, you're hearing it from my mouth, that as the uh, director of FTT, this is my goal. A new generation, more gender, more international, more diverse. That I have met the greatest leaders around the world who have not been brought to the table. We are gonna correct that. Now, we need to identify all these groups, not simply as goals, but as channels. The untapped energy that is sitting out there in pews literally every week is, is the thing that bothers me. You see, what I've learned as a pastor is that talent that sits on the shelf rots, it rots. And so you have to get them involved. So we wanna use FTT to not simply be about professional missionaries and about uh, students who go on mission themselves. Those are good things, but we've gotta use business people and we've gotta, we've gotta use educators and we've gotta use all kinds of people. And you gotta give them something to chew on. You gotta give them ownership. Now, the fifth thing that we have to have is the strategy for the Great Commission has to be decentralized, all right? One of the great lessons of the 20th century is that decentralized always beats centralized. And the decentralized free world outshone the communist world, which was centralized, because it was too bureaucratic. And so we're going to decentralize. We're going to uh, give power and give uh, enablement to people at the lowest level, not trying to control it all. I learned a long time ago, the reason why Saddleback grew from just K&I to now there's over 150,000 names on our church roll, and, and it's a church on four continents, the reason it grew like that is because I had to decide whether I wanted control or whether I wanted growth. You can't have both. 
If you look at the book of Acts, you don't see a highly controlled church. You see a church out of control. People say, well, how do you control it? It's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And we want it to be fast and fluid and flexible. Two more principles, and then I'll, I'll close it down. Number six, we need to focus on people in pain the most. You know, um, I believe that one of the keys to the Great Commission, one of the keys to the Great Commission is the parable of the four soils that Jesus gave. That story is told over and over. It's in each of the Gospels. And why is it told? Uh, why, why is it told over and over? Because it is a key to the other parables, so many of the other parables. Now, you've preached this parable of the soils and the sower, that the four soils represent four kinds of heart. The hard soil represents the hard, resistant heart, where the seed does not penetrate, and they, they, they don't even get a chance to come to Christ. And then the shallow soil represents the shallow heart that, uh, you know, the springs up real fast. There's an emotional response when the seed comes, but it withers because there's no root. And, and the crowded soil or the, the soil with weeds uh, in it, it the, the, the fruit springs up. But then the cares of this life, Jesus says, uh, uh, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, these kind of things choke out the word of God. But then there's the good soil that produces a, a crop of a 60, 30, 60, 100 fold. Now, that parable gives us the evangelism strategy for finishing the task. Hi, it's Isaac. Kevin will be right back. Kevin White is an international speaker and best-selling author who loves helping people everywhere to prosper in God's presence. A serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, nonprofits, and churches. As founder, executive director of Global Hope India, Kevin has traveled over 1 million miles to 27 different countries, speaking to thousands of audiences throughout India and the world. Visit kevinwhite.us for Kevin's books, one-minute motivation series, and podcasts. Visit kevinwhite.us today. For over 20 years, Global Hope India has been empowering the church in India as they make Christ known. Visit globalhopeindia.org and learn how you can pray, give and go. Over 1,000 people have served on one of GHI's short-term mission trips to India. Now you can join a virtual mission team to India. Visit globalhopeindia.org today because everyone should have access to hear about Jesus. Okay, now back to the show. All right, it does. What it first says is that in any country or in any culture at any given time, only one out of four people is open to the gospel and receptive. Three out of four, it's not gonna bear fruit. Okay, 75% of the people around you at any given point in time are not gonna be open to the, to the gospel. If, if there's four soils, only 25% is good soil. Now, if I'm a good farmer, if I'm a wise farmer, I'm not gonna waste my seed on bad soil. I, I'm gonna put the maximum amount of seed in the best soil. That's just good stewardship. Now, it's not my job to prepare the soil. That's the Holy Spirit's job. 
And it's not my job to prepare people's hearts, put them under conviction, make them receptive. I can't make anybody receptive. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You can't make anybody receptive. So what I need to do is find the good soil. Here's the question. How does God turn hard-baked, resistant soil into soft, good soil? He sends a storm. He sends a storm. And he floods it. And the waters come down and they beat on that hard soil and it softens it until finally it becomes good. He sends a storm. People are most likely to come to Christ when they're in pain. Did you know that? Study after study has shown people are most likely to come to Christ when they're in pain, when they're under tension or they're in transition. When they're under tension, there's a stress in their life of some kind, or they're in transition, a change in their life. Now, it could be a good change. They just got married. They just had a baby. They just moved. Uh, they just got a job promotion, or it could be a bad change. I got the dreaded phone call that says, you have cancer. I lost a loved one. I got fired at work. I've gone bankrupt. I have a chronic illness. Transition and tension soften our hearts. I have been telling pastors now for years that you can grow a church if you'll just focus on people in pain. You can pretty much ignore the other people right now and just focus on the pain. Why? Because at least one out of every four people out there are in some kind of pain right now. And that guy who has been resistant, the 80-year-old guy who has been lived next door to the church for 60 years and he couldn't care less, one day his wife's going to die and he's going to be in pain. Nobody goes through life pain-free. So my job is to just look for people in pain and share the good news with them and realize that the people who are resistant right now, their day is coming. This is why the easiest people to reach are refugees all around the world. The easiest people to reach are refugees. Why? They're uprooted. They're in pain. We have a church in Germany. It's reaching more refugees from the Middle East than it is Germans. Why? Because those people are in pain. And so we're going to focus on people in pain, realizing that there will always be people in pain and that the person who is resistant right now, his pain is coming. And that's the Holy Spirit's job to tell us when and where. Our job is to maximize a seed. And finally, number seven, we have to emphasize a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency. Because nothing happens if we just go, we've got all day. We've got all the time in the world. No, we don't. Right now, millions of people are dying without Christ and going into a Christless eternity. Okay? About two every second go into eternity without Christ and without hope. So where do we start? Well, we've done the work of identifying the UUPGs, the unreached, unengaged people groups. We've done the work in FTT 1.0, getting all of those tribes adopted. We now know that every unengaged, unreached tribe has somebody who has said, I will be responsible for them. You, our partners, have done that. The partners in FTT, all of us together, Saddleback's a partner along with you, and I honor you. We're partners together. We're workers together for Christ. 
and you've all poured out for the work of the Great Commission, we've seen time and time again that God responds to our faith. God calls us to, to, to move in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So now it's the time to look to broadening the vision. Saddleback says, let's go. You're saying, let's go. Everybody else says, let's go. Let's broaden the vision so that everyone, every hair, everywhere, can have a Bible, a believer, and a body of Christ within walking distance. That they can have access to the good news. It's time to really make this a true movement of the whole body of Christ. You know, I mentioned earlier, it's been nearly 2,000 years since we were given the Great Commission. And yet the work remains unfinished. Why? You can now go anywhere in the world within 24 hours. You know, when, when God told the apostles, go to the whole world, it was physically impossible. They couldn't go to Australia. They couldn't go to North America. They couldn't go to South America. There were no planes, trains, automobiles, the ocean-bearing vessels. But today, you can go anywhere in 24 hours. If you don't believe that, ask a travel agent, and they'll get you there. Now, to finish the task before us, we need 100% participation. There are no spectators in, in, in the army of God, in the mission of God. We have to mobilize every member for ministry in every church. Everybody can have a role. Everybody can use their gift. The church is not an audience, it's an army. And when we use everybody's gifts, we don't just depend on the gifts of evangelism or the gifts of preaching or prophecy. We, we use all of the gifts for the Great Commission. And we can't leave the work only to organizations and skilled professionals, you know that. There's just not enough of us. We need to get church networks and denominations on board, create meaningful, accessible opportunities for every church. You know, all of the people are in those churches. We're gonna plant all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. We're gonna use every kind of communication channel and share the new technology so that you, you, you use every kind of, of, of uh, uh, channel to reach every kind of person at every possible time. That's saturation evangelism. And it's not just about reaching people who speak different languages. It's about people who use multiple channels to reach people with different backgrounds and different interests, different hobbies, different experiences. Now, of course, we're talking about sharing the goal of AD 2033, FTT 2033, stacking hands on our three B goals, a Bible, a believer, and a body of Christ for everybody by AD 2033. That's what we want. That's what we believe in. And I believe that our greatest witness to the world is not apologetics. Our greatest witness to the world is, as Jesus said, how we love each other. And so even the fact that we're going to cooperate, not compete. You know, mission agencies, great commission agencies, thinking they're competing with each other is like two ants arguing over who's gonna eat the elephant. Really? <laughs> We're on the same team. <laughs> Every church I know in the world could run a thousand people. We still wouldn't be reaching everybody. Now, the early church understood this. In Acts 2.42, it says that the first Christians were like a family to each other. And that's what I want FTT to be. I want us to learn from their example that we can cooperate together, still carry our own flags, 
like the Allies did, but we will elevate the voices that have not been at the table, specifically, listen, the non-Western world and the next generation of leaders. I hope you're getting excited about this because I am. I know that the local church around the globe knows best how to evangelize their neighbors, how to catalyze the knowledge that they have, and we need to help them advance their work. We're just servants. Our work doesn't end when we reach the current UUPGs, those unreached, unengaged people groups. We are responsible for the Great Commission work of our generation, but we also need to look to raising up and equipping and empowering those who are gonna carry it forward in the next generation. Thank you for listening to the Living the Dream Show with Kevin White. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program is copyright Kevin White International, all rights reserved. Each week we bring you a message of living the dream as people of every nation, tribe and tongue worship Jesus together on earth today as it already is in heaven. Remembering the gift of God's presence through Jesus Christ is accessible to everyone. Join us again next week for Living the Dream with Kevin White. Living the Dream with Kevin White.